There's a photo of you, your husband, and your dog. I noticed some other people in the comment section said that's a Christmas card quality, and it really yeah. is. And uh, <laughs> I just I have to give compliments to that. But how did that picture come together? Um, well, so when I showed up for like the, my photos and stuff, check in that day, and we we're local, so I'm like, oh, I'm gonna bring cash with me. I knew that from because when the UFC was in town, I cornered Angela Hill on that card and it was the same hotel and same venue. And she's like, oh yeah, I brought Butcher through for like like photos and media stuff and he was fine, nobody said anything. So I was like, cool, I'll bring cash, she can hang out. And I, everyone at like Bellator just like loves dogs. They were all like so stoked. I didn't bring him for the, the official weigh-ins and people were like, where's cash? Why isn't he here? So he made an impact on everyone. But yeah, when I brought him through, and Lucas was just like, oh, bring the dog in. So I have I have several photos of me and Cash solo. And then with my husband there, he always likes to get photos of like with the team and things a little bit different, I think, to at least show like some more personality other than just like posed fight pictures. So and he always does a great job. Like I'm always pumped about the, the pics that he takes. So but Cash is very photogenic. So I knew he would do good. What's up, everybody? It is your friendly neighborhood BJJ podcast, Rafa Sparza, coming to you with another great installment of the Grappling Hour. Hey, super excited for this guest. It's been a while since we've talked. She's a longtime friend of the show. We'll get to her in just a second, but a couple quick reminders. First and foremost, if you like the show and me, the show, let's just say the show. If you like this show and you want to support it, go on over to high.page backslash grappling hour. The way it works is if you pay five bucks a month, you can see these interviews 30 days before anybody else. And if you want to pay a few extra dollars, you can see technique breakdowns. We do them with fighters and grapplers after important matches. We also do, in addition to our tape studies, a segment called Roast Raft where friends come on and roast my competition footage because it's pretty funny. And then you can also check out extra episodes. Uh, we can get guests' thoughts on steroids or we usually ask them the opponents that they've respected the most. We always cater it to the individual, but we like to do an interview series just based on one topic, and we call them mini-sodes. So you can check those out. You can also like, share, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. And if you want to wait until the end of the episode, I'll tell you something that you can comment on in the comment section if you're just drawing a blank. And the last thing, you can join our Discord so that you can continue on the conversations that we start here on this show. All right, our guest. What do I say about her? Well, first and foremost, she's awesome. <clears throat> Second, she won at Bellator 300 in a way that if you ask me, it looked quasi effortless, but maybe she'll tell you something different. I Maybe she can tell you it's effortless. I don't know. But to me, it looked rather effortless. But it was so great to see her back in form because I know how hard it is for people to sign the dotted line to fight. Jenna Bishop, and it always makes me mad because she's always fun to watch in the cage, and I was super stoked to see her back. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back our friend, Jenna Bishop. Jenna, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Very, very well. It is so good to see you. And by the way, this is one of the more immaculate setups I have seen. The the tasteful <laughs> uh, way that you've got some plants, the mirror, it all looks wonderful. You have done an excellent job. So, thank you so thank much for framing yourself up properly. But, Jenna... <laughs> I have to ask, why do people have such a hard time trying to fight you or even wanting to fight you? Because I feel like so much of our time is sent there just looking for anybody to fight you because something happens, something comes up, people fall through. What What's the deal on your side that you're saying? I don't know. I'm like down to fight anytime, anywhere. So I don't know why. I think people are a little bit afraid of my grappling, um, but... I, I guess that's it. That's the only thing I can think of is that they're afraid of my grappling, but you know, like 
when you if you want to fight you gotta fight you gotta take fights if you want to be the best you don't dodge opponents you take the fights you know so i don't get it <laughs> i think one of the funnier responses is you over the years have just gotten to this place of like all right so yeah whatever okay somebody want to fight me <laughs> like just the way that it comes out on your social media it just the way that it happens is when i see it ha you know put out there i just thought it, it can't be this hard and yet i thought maybe that was an issue three years ago or four years ago or whatever it was and yet mm -hmm. the, it still continues to persist in some way and you just though think to yourself man Homegirl just wants to scrap. Like she's just looking for a fight and a dance partner on these these cards. It's just a matter of finding that. Yeah, and I thought it would be easier like once I signed with a bigger promotion, you know, being with Bellator, but I still have people turning down fights with me and I don't know. It is what it is, but like yeah, like so I just want to fight. Like I'm like I'm not trying to waste any time. I just want to like stay fighting. So hopefully, you know, it's I can stay busier here after this last one. <laughs> so I have to say this because it is both a, a major compliment to us uh, here at the show, but it was also one that I told my wife, I go, Jenna is looking at our page and laughing at our dumb Instagrams when she's about to go fight tomorrow. And <laughs> I got wrapped up in being like, oh yeah, this is a dumb thing or this, that like my brain just stopped. And I was like, what do we do? go go fight i don't want to waste your time like i felt so bad but i was very honored that you're still looking at our stuff you're just like yeah i just take my mind off stuff but yeah uh, i always love your page you always have like the best like memes and things like that and i'm like it's like entertaining and it's just like dumb stuff to distract me especially during like fight week i don't like to be like super zoned in the whole time like too serious i need to just like not overthink anything. So keeping my, my, my brain distracted is kind of helpful. <laughs> Don't worry. If you're looking to have your brain go elsewhere, we're the show. So I definitely knew that it, it was a good catharsis because we've had that with friends on the show in the past. It's mm -hmm. just my brain starts thinking like, don't take up too much of their time. So at a certain point, I'm like, I'll have back and forth. And we've had friends fight UFC. Bellator, all these major organizations. And then after about the fourth or fifth text, I'm like, I have to just let them go because <laughs> I'll sit and talk to anybody forever. And, um, you know, I mean, it's just funny because you're also still so dialed in to everything that's going on that even though I'm posting majority of stuff about, sure, MMA, there's a lot of grappling content I put up there. And then yeah. you'll send me a note and being like, what's happening here? I can't believe this happened. And I go, yeah, same. I don't know. <laughs> so it just shows me that that's going on and that you are, are still very much in tune with our world. But let's get first into the fight itself. So okay. who signed on the dotted line for this particular fight? And what did it feel like to get that call and say like, hey, no, we got one. Um, it was uh, Ilara Joanny, Um, And I was just, I knew that, I kept like bugging my manager. I was supposed to be on a card in July. The girl turned me down and then they couldn't find anybody for me for the August show. And then when I announced that they were doing Bellator 300 in San Diego, I was like telling everybody like, I better be on that card. If I'm not on that card, I'm going to be so angry. <laughs> like, you know, like, joking with my manager, like if you don't get me on that card, you're fired. Like <laughs> telling sexy new matchmakers. And so when they sent me the name, I was like, I like don't even really look at anything. I just send all the info to my coaches and I'm just like, yes, finally, finally somebody. And it's in San Diego. This is so exciting because like I don't have to go anywhere. Everybody in San Diego has been dying for me to like fight somewhere closer to home so they can come watch me. And I'm like, this is in our backyard. So you guys, it, you know, checks all the boxes for me. And then, you know, I was like, it's Ilara, cool. She's tough. She's ranked. Let's do it. Like, that was kind of it. Like, I didn't really do much more thought than like, what's her name? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're waiting for so long. I, I can totally understand that. But what is a Jenna Bishop, uh, Bishop? look like when she is threatening people because you can't really threaten executives but you can put some pressure on and be like yo but like for serious 
you better put <laughs> me on this card. Like, is it a strongly worded email? Is it you just impressing it and telling your people, like, you better make this happen or else? Like, what's happening on your side? Because the way I know you is very, very nice, and you're you're far too nice to so many of us. But I'm just wondering, I'm like, how, how are you impressing upon them, like, if you don't put me on I, your card? I'm texting i'm just sending text messages like i better be on this card or else like i'm like i need to be on this one and they're like oh you are okay i'm like now i'm texting a matchmaker like am i gonna be on this card because i heard yes and they're like yes you're on the card and tell my friends like all the people you know have a few people that are kind of connected that are close to me sending messages to to make sure that all the people know it's like my goal is just to annoy people and so they don't forget about me <laughs> like just keep my name fresh in their mind and they will get me a fight that's how i, I work this thing <laughs> all good you've got mob connections i understand now all right they all make sense because yeah. <laughs> I, I just i always think to myself i go sometimes they say closed mouths don't get fed great no big deal but then there's also the idea of sometimes if you're too nice, they go, yeah, she doesn't mean it. So uh, I, I just always want my friends to get those cards. And I did see on the internet when I was researching and getting ready for this interview that somebody put down uh, Jenna Bishop wins in her hometown. And I was like, well, yes, it's where she resides, but yeah. um, she did. You know what? I'm not going to ruin this. It's a beautiful moment. Yeah. They're saying nice things about her. So I'm not going to get involved. Her in hometown, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It would be fun. like it would be really dope to be able to fight in in Missouri too. Like with a, in my actual hometown, I'd like that's a goal. So I know Bellator went there last year, but I mean now everything's up in the air there. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't expect you to have an answer as to any of this, but in terms of Bellator still kind of all of us figuring out, we know that they just put out that internal memo, they said to everybody, but like, what does that mean for you if you're not fighting for Bellator or you are, who knows, like, what are you looking to do next in terms of fighting? Because you seem like one of the most game people in the world to fight. I just want you to have a home and an opponent at all times. Yeah, I mean, it's really like everything is so up in the air. I don't know because it depends on what this looks like going forward. You know, what what happens with Bellator, I think, plays a big role in, you know, what happens to me next. So I know, you know, it's like there's obviously t the biggest talk is about PFL. I don't know if that's going to happen or not or – what, but I'm down to, you know, fight anywhere, anytime. So I can just stay busy because I'm not trying to like waste my time. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I feel like, I feel like now we know the secret is just uh, persistent politeness. So it just means we got to be sending some texts and being like, hey, have you thought about Jenna Bishop? Because yeah. she'll fight anywhere, anytime, sign her, make sure she has fights. And if it is the PFL that is, um, a lot of new opportunities. It's just all of us are sitting here going like, what does that mean? Because I think they kept building, you know, Bellator 300 as they didn't say the last, but you got the yeah. sense that it was the series finale. Like they kept yeah. saying like it's the last. And all of a sudden they're like, we got this one in Chicago and we don't really know what's happening on that. So uh, I'm sure that was a weird billing as well. But you did get to fight in front of a lot of family and friends in San Diego <laughs> How did yes. that feel to have all of those people there as well? Oh, it was so awesome. Um, my, like, I had so many people there supporting, and because I was the second fight on the card, I was really worried. I told everybody's asking me all week, like, when, what time are you going to fight? What are your time to fight? And so when I found out I was the second card, I'm like, just be there when the doors open because <laughs> Bellator runs through things, you know, fast. Like, if there's a quick knockout, it's like they're not taking, wasting any time. It's like, you're going. So, they just keep things rolling, which I actually love. And I think that's like fun for the fans to like as well as like things just stay moving. But I'm like, be there when as soon as the doors open, because I can't make any promises on times. But um, it's like I'm as soon when they call my names, like I knew exactly where all my people were. They were super loud. And then everybody was waiting for me afterward. And it was kind of insane. I was so overwhelmed. I was like trying to walk over to where my like group of most of my people were 
and kept getting stopped by other people I knew and that thing. And so finally, one of the girls came over and she like grabbed me and she's like, you're coming this way. Like you have to go see everybody's waiting for you. So I like, she walks me over there and then they're all like chanting my name and cheering and jumping. I'm like, this is insane. Like it was like kind of overwhelming. So it was just really cool because I had some of my younger students there too, like kids. And they were, it was really exciting to be able to like fight in front of them and then also like not like get messed up. Because I was like, this gets bloody. I don't want them to see that. Like, you know, but <laughs> luckily it didn't. So it was just really cool. And to hear like, you know, especially at the beginning of the card, there's not, not everybody's there yet, but to get such a big pop of like cheers from like the, the crowd when, when they call me, I was like, it's pretty dope. <laughs> this was by the way, the most wholesome comment, a uh, content I've seen in some time <laughs> was them dragging you over. You clearly looking very overwhelmed and being like, whoa, <laughs> because you knew all the people that were likely coming. And I'm sure you're on this adrenaline high of getting this finish. But then to see everybody there is like, oh, now I have to deal with this. Okay. Thank yeah. you, everybody. So I'm sure that felt super great to see. Um, did you have one particular moment or anything that stuck out to you? Because you mentioned once kids get involved, those are the ones that I think that tend to stick out to most athletes. But in your particular case, was there a certain reaction or one that kind of caught you off guard? Um, I think the whole thing kind of caught me off guard because I knew everybody was going to be excited, whatever, but I didn't realize that, you know, I was like, I just didn't realize like how like crazy and excited they were. Like they like matched the level of like excitement I was feeling like internally almost like they like matched that. And it's cool because, you know, when I was even coaching it's like when your student wins or whoever you're coaching wins, it feels like almost better than you winning yourself in a lot of ways. Like it's just such a good feeling. And it was cool that like my students got to kind of enjoy my win in the same way as if it was their own. Cause it's like, we're a team. We all train together. Like, you know, they're all, they're supporting me that that's kind of a thing. So for them to get that feeling that, you know, I feel like I get all the time when I, when they succeed too, you know, it's like, it's kind of cool. That is so awesome. And I have to also uh, give some uh, credit and some notice. So first and foremost, during the press week, you got on the scale and you looked like you were styled to the T's because I've very rarely seen somebody wear sunglasses and like show up. And I was like, is she going on a magazine cover? Like what's happening here? You looked awesome, and I just thought, I was like, and she's fighting tomorrow. So how much thought did you put into, like, the style and all of that sort of stuff? Because to me, I was just like, dude, I'm so used to so many people in our sport looking like slobs. So when a dude puts on a suit, I'm kind of like, all right, cool, that's great. They're doing the part. But for this, I'm just wondering, like, did any thought go into that or any kind of uh, feeling of like, yeah, I'm going to fight, but I want to look good the day before? Um, I mean, it's definitely something I think about this time. I like, I, so in my first fight in Bellator, I like had like thought about my outfit and stuff. And then like, there was like, I have my, like some new sunglasses on. I'm like always like a Sunnies person. That's like, I, I always have giant sunglasses on. That's just me. And so I had these new ones that I just got for my birthday and I'm like, I saw somebody else with sunglasses on. I was like, I'm going to wear my sunnies because I like these. I'm just going to do that. And I always feel so awkward at like the the face-offs. I'm like, it's so weird to just – like I'm not that person that's like, oh, I'm going to get in your face. and like, whatever. That's just like – it's so nonsense to me. I'm like, it's a sport. We're going to fight. Cool. And then uh, um, so I did the sunglasses thing. So I was prepared this time. I was like, I got to get another pair of sunglasses. It's got to be a thing. But I kind of forgot about my outfit until like – that day before and so I was like scrambling to try and get something and I was gotta I think I, people are annoying me now for my my sunnies and my my Jordans <laughs> so I mean my yeah. thing was you know I basically I brought it over to my wife and I just go yo and my wife was straight out like yo what did she say she said something to the effect of she's put every sunglasses that 
Mariah Carey is worn to shame. Like she looks great. <laughs> so we just had a moment where we're just laughing and she just goes, oh, okay. She's like, yeah, she, I hope she wins. And then all of a sudden I like showed, we had a, a wedding that night. So the way it worked for us was we had several folks who were fighting that night. So I was getting updates from friends all over and I have Paramount and I have, you know, I was able to kind of follow along. So I had a moment where I was like, yay, bride and groom. Yay. We're so okay. We're good. Okay. Yeah. This is great. You guys are great. You're a married couple. We're all so happy for you guys. So uh, we were able to keep up with you at the wedding and we had a good moment. And she's like, sunglasses one. I was like, sunglasses one. She's like, good. And then went back to the dance floor. So uh, that was that was our nice little moment. So I want you to do me a solid. Do me a favor and walk us through your match because it wasn't a very long match, but it was one that I was wondering in terms of both strategy and, and execution. So if you wouldn't mind giving me your recollection of how the match went in your head. Um, so I knew that she was going to be like really tough. Like I was expecting it to be a kind of a hard fight because like she hadn't been finished in a while. Like, and I obviously wanted to take it to the ground and I knew she was real, really scrappy. So when she came out and she threw the first like body kick and it landed, I was like, oh shoot. Like I didn't really see that coming. And so I was like, everybody's like, you kind of reacted, but I'm like, I was reacting to the fact that I didn't check it. Like I was like, wait, no, shoot. And so then like the next time, I think the next time I did check it and I could tell she kicked my elbow, that was like something that like was, um, was like, I think I could tell bothered her. So my, my job was just, if I get hit, I'm just like, if I keep coming forward and put pressure on her and know I could like, touch her and I felt like I was getting the better of the exchanges like I was finishing them and so um I knew she'd be down to clinch because she's got like a good Muay Thai clinch so I'm like that's cool with me because then if we're touching this is where I want to be so the first one when I got her down off of um I think was I caught the kick but then we kind of like Got, oh, no, 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 it was the clinch. That's what she got me in the plum. And she was trying to throw knees and I grabbed one of them and got her to the body lock, got down. She kind of like grabbed my head and I'm like, I'm not going to resist that because it's going to waste too much energy. I'm going to roll through and just try and either come back up on top or just play from there for a second. And I knew some people were yelling at me like, heel hook, heel hook. And I'm like, I don't, I was going to be stuck in like a 50, 50 position. I'm like, that's not where I want to be in a fight on bottom playing that game. Leg lock game is like an easy way to get hit for no reason. So I'm like, I want to get back on top and she just ran away. So I was like, cool, whatever. So the next one, I'm like, I got to get that plum back. Cause I know I can like do some good work. So when I got the plum and I was like throwing the knees, it was so nice. Like push her to the cage, throw a knee outside trip, perfectly landed to where I want to be. And like, I just felt like then I'm just doing jujitsu and it's, it's all good. You know, just straight to the thing to like pass the mount, she turns, take the back. And then she gave me the option for the arm bar to switch off. And I'm like, sweet, I'll take it. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> and I, I didn't want to rush it cause I was, my back was up against the cage. So I'm like, I gotta kind of figure out a way to angle myself um, to where I'm not like trying to extend and get stuck on the cage. And so when I switched my hands through and throwing the bot, like that punch to the gut, like she was like, Ooh, like I heard her make a noise. And then she's turning away from me, worried about getting hit in the body again and forgot about her arms a little bit. And then kind of got extended from her body. And it was super easy for me to, to peel them away from there. So um, that's it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I've got some questions here. So I want to go back and I want to talk about that X guard because X guard is very like, that's my jam. So when I yeah. saw that happening in a fight, especially with someone who I knew, I was like, oh, are we going to do this? And then that look on your face, which is like, I don't really want to do this. But just so we both know, I could, but let's stand back up. So I had that look that I could see from your face, but I, I definitely was intrigued. Like, I thought one thing that was great was that underhook that you had when you guys were kind of clenched together and you were moving forward that helped with the takedown initially. It just looked like that was part of the stuff that I see when I see your training 
regularly. It looks like almost verbatim, almost like something that I see you drilling or like some part of your practicing when I see on your Instagram stories. So where do you think that you were getting the preparation to be good at that moment or to like be that experience that you kind of know like, hey, this is worth it, this is not? Yeah, it was crazy because it, it was like exactly how we drill it. Um, that was like a, a set, something that I do with um, my like wrestling judo coach, uh, Justin Flores. Like I, me, I drilled that a lot. And I thought it was funny because um, I'm, always, I'm drilling with Angela Hill quite a bit. Like she's one of my training, main training partners. And we always do those sessions together. And like anytime to make it make sense for her, it's always like throw a knee first because she's got to go to like the Muay Thai route first for things. And I'm like, it's the opposite. Like when we're drilling striking, I'm like, I need it to make sense in a grappling standpoint, like when we're doing clinch work and stuff like that. But it's just funny because it's like, uh, the knee distracted them, then the bit balances off. So that outside trip was just super easy to, to, to get. And I'm like, that's crazy that it worked that perfectly how I drill it all the time. Like it just, you know, it's something that I've been drilling for quite a, like for years now with, uh, with J flow. So yeah. I have to say at some point J flows work is so good and, and so persistent with the many different people like whose games are all very different, but I've seen such consistent results that I'm like, I think I have to interview him at some point. And it can't just be a, one of these interviews. I think I have to do it in person. And I personally yeah. hate that kind of judo because you get to a certain age you're like judo's not gonna work for me not mm -hmm. like it's not gonna work on me it's just not gonna work for me yeah. and i just see his work and i'm like i feel like it's one of those interviews i have to put on like the lapel mic and just be like show me part of your magic because it is so good and seeing it in your fight when you think ah maybe it won't come up oh it came up and it looked so effortless with you in, in your comfortability and how you're able to transition in those moments. And I just thought like, just another reason why at some point I'm setting up this interview with this guy in the future. Yeah. You need to train with him to understand. Like, I think, I think the brilliant thing about him is that he blends together the judo wrestling and jujitsu so perfectly. Like it's not ever just one thing. And I've always been like, I'm like, judo's not for me. Like, I can't do foot sweeps. I'm not good at that stuff. It's whatever. But, like, sometimes it, like, it works for me because we drill it enough and he makes it make sense in a way. And the con I think the connecting things helps. But when you train with him, it's like, I hate when I have to do it, like, like a live go with him or like even just the flows, like one for one stuff that we do. Cause I'm like, I'm going to be exhausted. And there's never a moment where your feet are settled or your balance, your weight is settled. He's always like effort, effortlessly like off balancing you and making you move. And then like, you think you have something and then he's gone. And I'm like, what? He's like, and it's, it's crazy. Like, you know, to, to work with that. So I think he's helped me with like blending those things, especially on the cage, the, the judo stuff works really well, like the little foot sweeps and stuff. So, um, that's definitely been like really helpful for me. Well, you mentioned something where you're like, well, you blend all the th three things together. You know, you got the judo, you've got the jujitsu and the wrestling. And I was like, I barely have one. <laughs> like all of those three things are terrifyingly terrible, but to put them all together is like, oh, you want me to do what now? Like even with our wrestling coach, I look at him and I go, hey, man, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm going to drill this. I'm just yeah. like, no, this is probably yeah. not going to happen. Um, <laughs> but with, with J-Flow, I just feel like I've seen things much like I see the clips. And it's not just from you, but it's from a lot of the athletes that he works mm -hmm. with. And then I see them in competition and I've seen those exact scenarios play out. And I go, it's not like they're trying to uh, say like, hey you know, this is something that we're, we're doing for social media cloud. It's just their normal everyday, like posting of, Hey, this is kind of what we're working on. We'll show you a little bit of the magic. And then you see in your fight, I see in like with PJ, I see with all these different people that I go like, Oh, it showed up here. Oh, I, I've seen that. Oh, okay. So it's just very cool to see that happening. I also want to pay a nice respect to one of the things I saw that helped secure the pass in my estimation was once I saw those double unders on the hooks, once you got her to the ground, 
it looked like it was very difficult for her to kind of move at all. Like once you see those two positions happening back to back, you go, okay, now it's just a matter of what you're going to choose. So what were you finding was helping in terms of the passing from that? Like once you got her down, what was in your estimation, what really secured that position? Um, for me, I think, cause it's like, it was funny cause I was talking with, with, uh, Johnny, my, my jiu-jitsu coach before, and there's a couple different scenarios where he was wanting me to go double unders for passing when we were drilling and stuff. And I'm like, I haven't been liking to have double unders as much. Um, cause it doesn't, then both my hands are trapped. And then if like how she did, she kind of grabbed, grabbed over me and like, um, or she had like overhooks basically trapping my arms. And I'm like, I got to just settle my position here because I don't want to get rolled because that's what it would happen a lot is people would just overhook both arms and try and roll me from, especially passing half guard. That's where I felt like I was getting it like the most if I would put too much weight forward. So when she did it, I'm like, okay, settle your base. Know that you're not, like, try not to get rolled. Don't force anything too quickly because the more you force that position, I think that's the easier it is for them to like roll you. So I just like, took my face and I'm like grinding my face into her, hers. Like, I'm like, I'm going to grind my head into your cheeks, make you uncomfortable. Like use a little shoulder, like throw like a shoulder punch basically to just like make her hate being there so much that she had to move. And she did, she's let go of those like overhook grips. And it was like, I don't even know if she was paying attention to what her legs were doing. Cause I just like, once those, the overhooks like got, loose then i just went straight to the mount yeah and i want to say this because okay you know how in basketball we call it when they're going to do a slam dunk there's like air time where it's just this like gravity kind of defying almost like super highlight thing the uh -huh. air time in our sport was the amount of control that you had on an arm bar i don't know that i've ever had that much air time i wanted to be really patient when i had the arm bar you know like I, that's been one of my favorite submissions since ever since, I guess. And so when I, when I got to the position, I'm like, don't rush it. The more you rush it, they're waiting for you to like try and explode really quickly so that they can like squirm out of it really quickly. So I'm like, for me, I'm like, keep my knees pinched so I can keep this arm, especially, you know, she, she's a little bit shorter than me. The, the reach isn't as long. So people have like shorter arms. It's like you have to be really careful and really tight on keeping that arm bar. So I was, just, I'm just like, make sure I just like mine all my P's and Q's. Do like figure out or like know the basics. Keep those in mind. Like the fundamentals of the arm bar is how I like just have always approached it. You know, just stay everything tight. Fight the hands. It's nice when you can punch people because it gives them something else to worry about on top of defending the arm. So it was just very much like, I've got her arm trap. Where's she going? So what do I have to rush? I have plenty of time. Just use that to your advantage. Good on you. Because I, again, I, I just saw it and I just thought that hang time that you had there is I'm like, this is our version of Jordan in the air. Like this is our version of you've got time. Like, you know, something's going to happen, but you go, She's not worried, but I feel like I would lose that position so many. And you see armbar attempts aren't super uh, effective always in MMA because sometimes you lose the position or in that transition, they kind of like burst out. So it, it, to me, it always feels like a risky thing unless you're super good at hitting those armbars. So to your credit, it was something that you looked so in control. I almost thought you were about to take orders on the side and be like, yo, can I... Can I get something for my like post-fight meal? Um, and then you did mention that those punches, I guess that was the other wrinkle that I thought, which was like, yeah, it's hard to get out of armbar. Sometimes with somebody who's got a really good pinch, it's even more frustrating when they start punching your face. And I think my wife's comment when she saw it was she just goes, oh, oh, ow. And then she, th she had a moment because she goes, oh, you can do that in fighting. Because she just thought, she's like, oh, if this is grappling, and then she saw how you guys were in the cage, she goes, oh, right, it's a fight. It's fine. So I like that my wife had a momentary pause of like, oh, oh, it's fine. Good. Yeah, it is like, you know, it is fun. That's what jujitsu changes when you can hit people.
but it's also a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. Now I have to ask this as well, because I see that the photographer for Bellator is very good mm-hmm. and on your Instagram, almost too good because there's a photo of you, your husband and your dog. And I've seen them consistently tell people like, yo, bring your dog. So did you have your dog there? Were you told to bring your dog? Because I noticed some other people in the comment section said that's a Christmas card quality. And it really yeah. is. And uh, <laughs> I just, I have to give compliments to that. But how did that picture come together? Um, well, so when I showed up for like the, my photos and stuff, check in that day, and we're local, so I'm like, oh, I'm going to bring cash with me. I knew that from – because when the UFC was in town, I cornered Angela Hill on that card, and it was the same hotel and same venue. And she's like, oh, yeah, I brought Butcher through for, like, like photos and media stuff, and he was fine. Nobody said anything. So I was like, cool, I'll bring cash. She can hang out. And I, everyone at, like, Bellator just, like, loves dogs. They were all, like, so stoked. I didn't bring him for the – the official weigh-ins and people are like, where's cash? Why isn't he here? So he made an impact on everyone. But yeah, when I brought him through and Lucas was just like, Oh, bring the dog in. So I have, I have several photos of me and cash solo. And then with my husband there, he always likes to get photos of like with the team and things a little bit different, I think. to at least show like some more personality other than just like posed fight pictures. So, and he always does a great job. Like I'm always, pumped about the, the pics that he takes. So, but Cash is very photogenic, so I knew he would do good. <laughs> oh no, Cash is legit, like he's a pro. Like you can tell looking at this photo, like you're hitting a pose and then Cash is like right there supporting you, like super glammed out himself. And I just thought to myself, I was like, yeah, this is, my dogs can't do this. Uh, my dogs have, uh, you know, one is not cooperative and the other has ADHD. So when we have to trick them into photos, it is a near miracle to sometimes make that happen. Yeah, I didn't bring my other dog with me because she's she's older. She's 14 now and she is got major anxiety. So the moment we leave the house, it's like she's trembling. She just wants to go back inside. So I just leave, let her stay in her bed all day and live that old lady life and cash loves to be the star of the show. So <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, our dog was originally purchased as a not purchased. We got him from a shelter. Sorry. I have to say those things that way people don't come and give me letters. No, we, we actually got a French bulldog at a shelter and my wife found her. And originally we couldn't have dogs at the apartment. And she was like, it's an emotional support animal. And I go, is it? And she goes, yes. And I go, oh, okay. She got the letter. She did all the things. And I said, all right, I'm not going to protest this. And, you know, sooner than later, I realized I was like, no, we're fine. I think we're her emotional support humans. Like, I think she has the anxiety and that she is actually helped by us. Because if I ever leave, she has like the, where are you going? No, no, uh-huh. no, you have to stay. No, we have to cuddle. And I go, I have to go to work. She goes, no. She'll literally put a hat pop and go, no, no, you don't. Oh, that's so, so cute. She's a very <laughs> sweet but crafty, sneaky uh, sort of dog on that mm-hmm. side. So obviously we don't know what's coming up next. But as somebody who always wonders whenever you're seeing those things happening and you're on the MMA side, are you ingesting ADCC stuff? Are you ingesting jiu-jitsu competition? Because I know you're taking the kids still to compete, so I know you're absorbing it from that side. But if so, are you still keeping tabs with what's going on on the jiu-jitsu side of the world? Um, yeah, to an extent. Like, I mean, I, I love jiu-jitsu, so I always want to know. And, you know, I have a lot of teammates and, that are still competing. And, you know, like, um, my Mel's getting ready to do the, um, the crown thing. For IBJJF, I know ADCC is happening, and I'm always interested in that just because I'm like, okay, who won? What would my division look like? Now they have an extra, they actually have an extra division for women. So I'm like, you know, I'm not necessarily tempted to go back to competing at the moment because I want to stay hyper-focused on MMA, but I definitely am following along to see like, hmm, who would be my competition at the moment? (laughs) I think we all do that. 
in every respect because we had a guy that we brought on that's a D1 wrestler that, that uh, coaches with us. And I wanted to show him ADCC for the first time. So we do a, a fight companion. He stops in and I just go, oh, what do you think of it? And he goes, what are the weight classes again? I was like, this is your first time seeing this. And you're already asking me what the weight classes are. Why yeah. do you want to know? And he's just like, no reason. I just said, I'm like, I get it. I get it. We all do it. And so uh, I do that with him and I tell him, I should ask this though. So I'm taking that you're seeing some of these ring out positions. What are your thoughts on people taking these matches out of the mats or off of the mats? Because I was wondering from a, a competitor standpoint, as somebody who's also been a trials winner, in your perspective, what do you make of that? I kind of hate it. Like, I guess there's a there's an extent where it's like it makes sense. Like, let the the takedown finish, let the position settle for it. But I'm like, there's a couple of them. I'm like, how far away from the mat are they right now? It looked like there was one I can't remember who it was fighting, but I'm like, the ref even looked like they he tried to stop it and they just kept going, so he just let it keep going. And I'm like, there was a perfect time for you to reset them back on the mats. But I think it's as an athlete, it's kind of dangerous too for the athletes in a way. You have chairs and so much and people, which the people will get in your way and that can mess up. For me, I'm like, I, I'm hyper competitive. So it's like if somebody else, because we went off the mat and there's a dude in the way that messes up me getting my position or my points, or whatever, I'm going to be really mad about that. And also I don't want rug burn or to get slammed like on the ground. Like it's hard enough to get taken down, you know, guy like suplex him like right onto the mat right before they rolled out. And I'm like, that happened on the carpet. Like, ooh, that feels a lot different. And he might've knocked himself out is what one of my friends said. She's like, he could have knocked himself out doing that if it was on the carpet. I'm like, for real though. Like, I just think it makes, it makes it look a little bit unprofessional. Like, it's like, we're trying, this is supposed to be the most prestigious like event in grappling, it's supposed to be the highest like end thing, but we're still hanging on to this like old school, like backyard mentality with this, like going off the mats and just letting things continue. But I have strong opinions about it. <laughs> Again, uh, you, as somebody who has competed in it, should have a, an opinion that should carry some weight. My <laughs> whole thought process is when I'm watching it, I see the action go off the mats. I can't think of anything comparable in any other sport that has a trial system like this. So then you think of it and you go, okay, is that our marketing skill? Like, is that our thing that we say, okay, nobody else does that, but we're going to do it. And I think you touched on one thing that kind of is where I get stuck on is I go, no, I think actually the battle is partially within. Like, I feel like, we have people who think it's a noble cause to do that sort of a thing where mm -hmm. you almost want to remind people you don't have to. Like there's not anything that says you need to be that kind of athlete and risk anything crazy uh, mm -hmm. to really secure a spot in something that you're not even secured a spot and guaranteed with because I think I need to do a study on this. I think I need to look up the stat. I don't know that anybody who went off the mats like that ended up winning the thing. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think it was any of the people that, but I, I really wasn't paying attention to the, but it happens at every, you know, every event and on the, like at ADCC, it's like the mat space is a lot bigger. So you have a, a lot more room, but yeah, that's what I was thinking about too. Is like, what other sport allows that where you get a play out of bounds? That's like, that's not a thing. Yeah. That's, that's why I think it takes away from like the professionalism of it. Like the, you know, like if you're trying to be the pinnacle of grappling, it's like you should be the most professional in every aspect. And it's like, I think there's a, keeping the athletes safe is a big part of it. How many guys got thrown into tables and chairs and people, um, which can hurt you, your opponent and the person like watching on the sideline. So it's just like, it just doesn't seem there's not a need for it, in my opinion. I recently competed at a jiu-jitsu world league, and the week before, somebody got power bombed through a table, and I said, "Okay, that's funny. You know, it's it's I'm a pro wrestling guy, so like, I yeah. think it's funny." But then, 
I think the week later or the next time they came in, I competed and somebody was told by the ref to stop the action. They bullet E Honda trained me off the mats. I hit the cement, my hip hit it. And yeah. And I mean, the thing is they're looking at me and the ref's like, she was freaking out. She's just like, Oh no. And she looks at me and she goes, are you okay to still keep going? And I go, yeah, yeah. And then she's like asking me, she's like, you're all right. I'm like, I'm fine. (laughs) And I'm telling her, I'm like, well, you know, afterwards I tell my friends, I'm like, I didn't just get hit out for nothing at this point. Like we might as well see this through if I can move. And I win the match by decision. And one of my friends goes, how do you feel? And I go, my ass, God damn it. I go, this is like the dumbest old person injury anybody's ever going to have. And I thought to myself, I was like, there was mats and then there was the the ground, the cement ground. So if that's just my dumb experience from a smaller tournament, imagine how much more people want it when they're going for this unobtainable goal. And you go, people are going to be way more uh, careless about getting it and securing their position because they want it that bad. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody talked about that. But the one thing I talked about was, I was like, where's the audience, though? Because yeah. that's the bigger one. I was like, the at least the athletes have signed something that said, I will basically be participating in this. Like, yeah. I agree to this. If yeah. you hit an audience member, yikes. Like, that's yeah. that's where things go real, real bad. And when we're talking about the comparable one, the joke I was saying on the broadcast was, I was like, you know, I've never seen Simone Biles finish any of her flips near the popcorn stand. Like, just from an aesthetic vibe, other trials don't have this to go yeah. to their thing. So Yeah. I mean, you would get disqualified. You would have had all the points deducted. Like, if it was in, you know, any other sport. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, you don't play anything. If a ball goes out of bounds... And anything, the whole game stops. Like, it's just weird. It's really yeah. weird. And I wonder, like, I don't know how it's going to go in, in other regions, but I think now I'm going to have to prepare a segment or at least some kind of response or, or thing. With anticipation, I think it will be worse at ADCC West Coast Trials. Like, I feel that now they've gotten a little bit of taste and they saw the attention that it can get. I'm like, I don't see anybody stopping that. I see that as part of the built-in strategy now. Yeah, it's people are going to do it on purpose. And what what doesn't make sense to me is, like, any other event, like, if you force the person out of bounds on purpose, like, you're going to get penalized. Yeah. But in this one, it's just like, just keep going. It's fine. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> I feel like their official response, and I, I've never seen an official, official one written on paper, but I feel like this is as close as we get, which is, no, you know, I mean, let him go. Let him, ah. Yeah. So that, that's the official ADCC response, which is just, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. There's so, the rules are so like stingy on points and things like that too. Where it's like they're so strict about so many things, but then they let this happen. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> well, I'm glad that uh, you bring your perspective to it. You know, and that's the hard part is I, I'm trying to do these interviews and, and start a little bit of a discussion on it because we put a very very non scientific poll, but just one up to get. A, a base, a, a uh-huh. little bit of a, a primer. It's 50-50. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm not surprised. I was like, there's probably a ton of people that, like, they love to see chaos. People just <laughs> love to see, like, you know, anarchy happening, and that's kind of what it feels like. And there's a lot of people I, too, think that, like, they're, like, like the rebellious aspect of ADCC, where it's, like, it's not just jujitsu. You're not playing by you know, IBJJF rules, like it's this other thing completely, which it is, and that's what makes it fun and exciting, but, like, it's still a competition and, like, a sport, and so, like, we still, I don't know. I don't like chaos when I'm competing. (laughs) I mean, you like a rule set that you're adhering to, and I think the middle ground is it's just 
it's just ambiguous enough in the language where you can get away with it, but do you feel good about it? And yeah. that's the, the, I think, thing we're going to go into next. So I will be watching, but when somebody asked me, they're like, well, how would you fix that? You can't just put them in a cage. That wouldn't work. And I was like, barbed wire, put it around. Nobody's going to go off on that. Literally, that's somebody's going to go, ouch, ouch, nope, nope. I'll, I'll wrestle you in the middle. Nope, nope. I go, there's rules, there's ideas. Doesn't stop people. Like, at, like, the fight game, it's immersive. It's, like, people are throwing each other off this, like, you know, you have, like, a five-foot drop. Like, it's crazy. It, it is somewhat absurd of the way that we compete and the way that we normalize these things where you go, well, they're going to fight on an elevated platform. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. And what happens if they go off that platform? Mm, we just hope they don't. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> because all you ever think of when that happens is you go, we're just hoping it doesn't happen. And I go, that's not a plan. Like that's yeah. actually the opposite of a plan. And having people who you're hoping to, like crowd surf, catch them is the world's least job that I want uh, from my mm -hmm. perspective. Maybe they should make a little border close to the edge. I don't know. Cause the elevator, the platform is cool, mm -hmm. but like if they had like a border, it's like, okay, you're getting close to these. We're going to reset you. Like you're out of bounds. Like, so maybe the athletes would, you know, take notice of that. Probably not, but. Listen, you're, you're spitballing here and, you know, neither you or I are in charge of fixing it. We just know it's a thing. I'm still begging people to do a moat. I think we, we tried doing the verbal tab for years because I said at least in the moat you go in water. So yeah. there is that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, and then you say it's a ring out. You give them a point to the person. Then you go from there. I just always feel like whatever rule set or things, there's always going to be an issue this just seems like such a blatant one to turn an eye to that it makes yeah. me think like, yeah, I don't know how much I want people to be okay with it mm -hmm. without conversation of, of at least weighing it out. So, yeah, you know, Godspeed to those who are, are doing it at this point um, and, and doing whatever they want. I should ask this from your perspective. You know, if you aren't competing regularly on the jiu-jitsu scene, and you are missed, by the way, uh, how has training jiu-jitsu changed for you, especially when you've had this MMA focus? Is it more fun? Is it more like you want to spend a little less time doing it because you're doing so much more in prep because it's just one part of it? Or is it one of those things where you're like, man, I just, I feel so secure with it. I really want to continue developing those other skills. So I just, I rely on that. Like what is jujitsu training for you like now in your life? Um, I mean, now, I mean, it's still, I love jujitsu. It's always going to be something I just really enjoy. It's like when I have a day where I'm like, I just need to get a workout in, but I don't really like feel like doing anything. Like I can always do jujitsu because it's just fun. You know, you can force yourself into a, a workout. Like Somebody's going to be fighting you, so you're going to have to fight back. So it's kind of nice. but And you can kind of choose your, you know, your path on that, like how hard you're going by, like, your partners and things like that. Um, so for me, it's like I'm never going to stop training jiu-jitsu. And, and my biggest fear with coming into this, because I've seen a lot of other, like, athletes that have made the transition to MMA, where they kind of lose their timing. They lose their, their like, um, what – like what made you really good to start with it's like I don't want to lose any of that so that's I'm always training I'm probably not training as much as I did before because it's not every single day but I'm still training as much as possible in doing as much no gi and when I'm on the mat like if I'm if I don't have a fight coming up it's just fun you know if I do have a fight coming up it's like I have to wear gloves, so I get used to grappling with the gloves on because that changes a lot of things. Positioning, you get stuck under things. Like your gloves get stuck under people. It's like harder to get out of certain positions because they make a big difference. But um, I still, it's you know, it's the same as if I'm getting ready for a jiu-jitsu tournament. It's like you still have the same pressure of like needing to perform in at your best no matter what. So it's not not a lot has changed as except for that I'm not doing it every single day because I have to fit in, you know, other things too. But it's nice that 
I get to do some grappling, you know, with my judo and wrestling. It's like we get, I get to add my jujitsu into there. Um, and then if the striking and stuff, I'm always like, we'll be doing like a Muay Thai class and I'm like, I'm going to just work in my shot here. Cause that's what I would do. And like, take it to the ground to like, can it keep that grappling aspect like really fresh in, in my training so that I'm not like not losing, you know, what got me to this point. That's awesome because, again, you, you touch on some points that I always wonder for athletes, which is always, you know, I hate losing certain people from jiu-jitsu to MMA. Like, I get what you have to do. Like, if it's in your blood, you got to go do it. Fine. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm going to be happy about it. It just means, like, all right, Adolfo, fine. All right, <laughs> Muchecha, fine. So you have those moments where you think, I'm still not done learning from these people and you always mm-hmm. hope that you can learn more and more of these tricks. But um, in your perspective, I think it is kind of nice to see where it is lending itself. Because one of the thoughts I had after this last fight was, I was like, you know, I'm just so happy you got an armbar submission on this last win. Because you were coming off a decision win on the last one where you think to yourself, I was like, I don't know what the strategy is from person to person. But if I can't have you competing in grappling, I'll take seeing grappling in your fights. So I mm-hmm. thought that was pretty cool. And what did it feel like to come from that decision win to doing this in this most recent fight? Oh, I was so happy because I really wanted to get the, the finish. Um, there's one of the guys, Jude, he um, works for Bellator in Europe, and he was he's a black belt over there. He has his own gym, and he has been giving me so much crap about like not knowing. He's like, Telling me S mount, he's like, oh, you're like mounted the girl. You didn't finish the arm bar, like giving me crap about it. And I'm like, it's a lot harder to get certain finishes when the person. It's like when people aren't doing, they're not trying to do jujitsu with you. They're trying to like just survive, get up, not be in that position. It's like a different game. So certain things become harder to get. Certain things may be easier at times too because you have other things you can do. But I just really wanted to show people, like, yeah, like I'm a finisher. Like, I want to – that's that's what I'm doing every time. Um, in my last fight, uh, I think the, the travel kind of got me. I got real tired, like, really quick. But I was, like, happy that I could use my jiu-jitsu just to control every aspect of that fight. But I know that a lot of people complain about that. Like, it's boring. It's this and that. And I'm, like, as a jiu-jitsu person, I'm, like, I think it's beautiful to watch, like – somebody just get smashed with jujitsu like the whole time, but finishes are more exciting. So for me, I'm like, I got to get, I need to be finished finishing people, you know, especially on the Bellator like stage and showing people that like, I'm not just like some boring grappler. Well, you've also got the people who are asking you to do suplexes off the mats, probably being like, this is boring. She didn't break <laughs> yeah. anybody's neck. Boring. I don't like it. Uh, but it is always very fun and exciting to see uh, my friends utilizing their jiu-jitsu even as they take on new quests. So I'm glad that your jiu-jitsu is not only just keeping you safe, but making your fights very compelling while you're learning and doing these new challenges with, uh, you know, striking, judo, and implementing all of these things. I mean, the nice part is in the time that you've really concentrated on on fighting, you have evolved. And I think every time we see you, we see a new dimension. So that makes me very happy to see in your growth. Yay. I'm, I'm trying all the time. You know, it's like, I, I don't understand how people stop training like so much because I'm like, for me at number one, I think I'm, I'm addicted. It's weird. But I also just like know that there's always room for improvement. Like the day after my fight, I was texting my striking coach and I'm like, I need to fix this and this and this like already. And he was already like on the same page gonna give me a little bit time to just celebrate my winning process but I'm like no like Monday are I'll be ready to go again and we need to fix these things because it's like even on a win and in a short fight there's always things that I saw that I could do better so I want to get better you know as much as I like I always want to finish with jiu-jitsu but it would be cool to have a knockout at some point you know like have that kind of on my record you know (laughs) but I'm, not, I'm always going to default to just doing jujitsu. <laughs> Listen, whatever keeps you safe and gets you the W, I'm good with. 
but you didn't look like you would be far off if you really just kept uh, hammer fisting somebody from that armbar position. So maybe you might be the first person to get a knockout like that, where you just go like, oh, she died. Sorry, everybody. I did hit her very hard. Um, I was hoping to get an armbar, but I'll take the knockout win. <laughs> that would be kind of sick, though. <laughs> Well, Jenna, I want to say this, um, you know, obviously it's always good catching up with you. Um, I wanted to interview uh, after your last win, but the timing just didn't work for me. So it's not that I'm not watching. I'm always paying attention and nothing makes me happier than seeing that perfect streak continue on six and O as a professional athlete. And uh, it looks like, you know, I think good things are going to continue going on with all that continued prep and the team that you're working with, it, it looks so, so good uh, on the results, especially. But I wanna give you an opportunity, I'm gonna put the camera on you, and just thank anybody you want on your team, all the people who've been helping you get prepped, and all the people you wanna give credit to for helping you get and secure another win in the cage. Um, i just really grateful to my coaches, um, my striking coach, AJ Matthews, has been like a dream come true for like finding the right person to help me get my striking up to par. Um, as always, I'll have uh, Johnny Faria is my jiu-jitsu coach and my husband, Tyler, who is my coach, emotional support. And um, he takes a lot of the, the, the beatings during the week, both emotionally and physically, I think. So I'm always grateful to have him uh, in my corner and the support of Hyperfly. They are an amazing company and like I can't say enough good things. I love their their products, but I also like love the company, the people that are there. They've been so helpful and above and beyond and like helping me get ready like with all the things that I need. Um, yeah, so I think that's everything. And that's my training partners, I have some really great training partners. Shout out to Angel Hill especially because she is always down. We were both like starting fight camps at the same time and she has like helped me so much just always being available like for training and i love having somebody i can count on like that yeah i see the antics between you and her all the time and i laugh and i'm, I'm so happy because you always hope that your friends are going to find other people who have the same vibe wavelength and it yeah. looks like you guys it, it just chills out so nicely that you have somebody that you can have fun with. It doesn't have to be deadly serious 24-7. You can also go train intensely and have somebody with her experience and her pedigree to also bounce ideas off with, I'm sure has to be so great. And oh, the yeah. grappling that you provide, I'm sure, is a huge benefit to her as well. So it, yeah. it just all comes together and makes sense. Got to be watching out for her grappling. It's going to be really good. I'm oh, impressed. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> also, that's check really her Instagram to like, I don't know if you saw her Paula, Paula Costa thing she just put out. It's so funny. I have <laughs> like, to say, uh, <laughs> as somebody who is uh, very, very uh, particular with the way that I like my comedy, she always commits and it just pays off. Like <laughs> when I've seen her do like cosplays or impressions, she just she goes for it and it doesn't always pay off for everybody else, but I think that she's got a good thing and it makes me laugh. Like, because there are days where I'm like, I don't even know if she's fighting, but I saw that clip that she does, or I did this and I go, Oh yeah. And I know that I see them from your account, but you're not the only account I see them from. I see them from multiple people where it's going viral. So, yeah. um, I think she's, she's going to be one of those fighters is going to be probably even more entertaining once she's all said and done as a, as a fighter. Yeah, I I hope like yeah, cause she's hilarious. I think I always tell him like you're the funniest woman in MMA for sure. Maybe man too. I don't know, but <laughs> just fighter in general. She's hilarious and super creative. And yeah, like you said, she goes for it. <laughs> and that's the whole thing is I'm like sometimes I see her. Did she? You correct me if I'm wrong. Did she go as Blanca from Street Fighter at one point? Like she. Win as a cosplay for something that I remembered, like, my initial reaction was, yo, who did, oh my God. And then thinking like, yeah, have fun. Because at its core, this is a very tough sport, but I love when I see personalities from athletes that aren't just the cliche or yes. very stereotypical or dumb jokes. Like yes. you mentioned her creativity. I think that's always the, 
the thing that I gravitate toward the most whenever I really go like, oh yeah, no, they're funny. Okay, yeah, there's original material there. <laughs> Jenna, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna say bye to you off air in a couple minutes, but I'm gonna go and close this out. I wanna say, keep up the great work. Nothing makes me happier than seeing nice, awesome people continue to do good work and I'm always stoked when you're fighting. There will always be great moments, but there was really, really a nice thing of watching that wholesome moment with you and your team where I just go like, yeah, that's super cool. Oh man, that that's, that's the stuff that the internet should be powered by. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> awesome. Appreciate you so much. All right, you guys, that's about to do it for us, but a couple quick reminders. First and foremost, if you are not a member of the Grappling Hour community, I ask that you go sign on, become a member. Five bucks a month to see these interviews 30 days before anybody else. You can also pay a few extra dollars to see tape studies with some of our favorite athletes breaking down their fights and their matches. You can also see extra episodes not available anywhere else where we get in steroids and as well certain episodes where we ask athletes who they respected the most that they competed against. You can also catch an episode of Roast Draft where people roast my competition footage because it's not that great. It's all right. I mean, you could see the footage of me hitting my hip on that floor. I think that's worth it. I don't give that one away for free. That one's good. You can watch people make fun of that one. All right. I think that's going to do it for us. Additionally, like, comment, subscribe. If you haven't figured out what to comment in the comment section below, you can tell us uh, what you think the next photo should should include for cash uh jenna's dog you can tell us where they should take it and what they should do in that photo next or you can just say jenna's awesome or raf you're okay don't really matter on those and join our discord that's going to do it for us you guys it has been a great day for grappling we'll see you back on the mats